Hi everyone, Lars Hammer here, pastor at Lord of Grace Lutheran Church in Marana, Arizona. Welcome back to our morning devotion. Today I want to talk a little bit about a topic maybe a little bit different than some of the others. Today we're talking about God in nature. Finding God in nature, what does that mean? What does it mean to have a spirituality as a Christian that involves nature? How do we relate to it? It's kind of a big topic. I'll probably go a little bit longer this morning, but it's something that's close to my heart. It's something that I've spent a lot of time myself on, and it's something that I run into people saying a lot. It's a question that comes to me, or maybe a statement oftentimes. You know, I'll run into people and they'll say, they'll ask what I do, and I'll tell them, oh yeah, I'm a Lutheran pastor, and you get all sorts of reactions, but one of them I get is people look at me and go, well, oh, well, my, my church is nature. I find God in nature. And they'll sort of throw that at me, and, I, and I'll kind of look at them and go, oh, and I'll kind of nod, because there's a part of me that's, that's kind of frustrated and doesn't buy it, and there's a part of me that thinks that's very legitimate. And so, where do I come from on that? Well, a little bit about my background. I grew up out in the woods. I grew up on 10 acres of virgin oak forest with two creeks, and I used to grow up watching the beavers building dams. I grew up out in the country. I went I, In high school, I was up in northern Minnesota, up in the woods up there. I've been a camp counselor, so I've led kids on trips through the woods. I've led Bible studies in the woods. I've done canoe trips uh, through the woods. I've spent a lot of time in nature. And even down here in Tucson, I'm always up in the national parks as much as I can when it's not 100 degrees outside or 102 or 117. And it's one of the things I love about Tucson. I can be in the city, then I can be out in nature. I can be out in the desert and have some time to rejuvenate. And so I've lived in both worlds. And so I feel like I'm kind of in a good place to give some thoughts on this idea of God in nature and what does it mean. And um, I think that, uh, to just step back where it begins, for me, uh, nature's been one of those places where I have gone to refresh myself, to rejuvenate, like I said. When things would be stressful, nature had a certain peace and quiet, a certain calm. There was a certain uh, non-hecticness that's a word to it. You know, I could go out and take the hiking trail to the lake, and I could sit by the lake, and I could watch the birds go by, and, you know, just hear the sounds out there and not hear, you know, boat motors and cars and a lot of these machines that are so emblematic of our modern life and that constant noise that you hear, right? There's something when you get out in nature and you stop hearing that, that really that, that really affects you. And some people, it, it's almost unnerving to not hear mechanical noise. To others, you get away from it, you don't want to go back. Uh, I like to have a little bit of a foot in both. But I used to do that. So I used to go out and I would sit in nature and I'd spend a lot of time in thought. I'd spend time in prayer. I'd sit there uh, with a Bible, reading through. I always used to like reading through the prophets, but I'd read through the scriptures in nature. I always felt like it was easier to think when I was out there. It was easier to process. In many ways, it was easier to be open to God in a place where I wasn't being pressured by the demands of the world. Now, whether that's nature itself that did that, 
or just a function of me being away from work and people and all those kind of things. Who knows exactly where the line is? But anyways, I you know, I have experienced peace, serenity. I think those are very valid things that we go through when we get away from our world. And I've said many times that one of the struggles in cultivating a spiritual life in today's world is finding the time and the place, finding the space to get away from the constant pressure and demands so that you can just sit and allow yourself to be in the presence of God. Like it says in the psalm, be still and know that I am God. And it's hard to do that. You know, and and I know what it's like. I got five kids, right? Finding time to be still and know that God is God is hard. You can be still for a a couple minutes and then somebody will interrupt you with something. And uh, so it's a struggle. So there's a real value in getting out and getting out in nature to be in a place where you can experience God. Biblically, there's a lot of precedent for it as well. I think of somebody like Moses, for example. You know, he's in Egypt, the most urban area of his time, with this great civilization with pyramids and all that stuff. And he goes from Egypt out into the Sinai Desert, and there in the Sinai, alone on a mountain, that's where he finds God, or at least where God speaks to him directly. So he gets away from the city, in a sense, and discovers God. Now, what does God do? God tells him, go back to Egypt. So God doesn't tell him to stay out there forever. Or you get somebody like Elijah, who has this battle with the prophets of Baal, gets into a big fight, and uh, goes on the run. The queen puts a hit out on him. So what does he do? His life's in danger. He climbs up the mountain and hides. And he waits to hear... Uh, for the word of God and says there's a a storm and there's lightning and there's fire and he doesn't see God in any of that. It's when God is gone or it's when all those storms and things are gone, it says there was a stillness and that's when God spoke to him. So there's really a precedent for this. You know, Jesus himself would often leave the people and the crowds And he would do the same thing. Go up a mountain and spend time praying. So, I'm definitely on the side of it's a good thing to do. And one can definitely find an experience of God in that setting. Here's the flip side of that, though. I used to sit out in nature and one of my reflections was on uh, wolves. I'm up north, right? Wolves, there, were, there were a lot more wolves here once upon a time, but I would sit and reflect on the wolf. And how does the wolf survive? The wolf survives by killing. That's what it does. It sees a family of deer, it catches the slowest one, it chews it up, it gnaws it up. It's a pretty grisly thing if you watch a wolf eat something up. And, uh, you know, they generally go for the neck and try to bite the neck off, and, and that tends to kill the animal quicker. But, you know, there are plenty of videos out there, if you have the stomach for it, of wolves and lions, uh, you know, ripping animals apart from the back to the front. And, uh, you know, there's one with a lion chewing up this zebra, you know, start chewing it up from the back legs, and the thing's just wailing and howling. 
that was the kind of thing that got me thinking about when I look around in nature is that I, what you see is a world that's in many ways very cold. It's at an incredible harmony. There's an incredible ecosystem where things depend on each other. There's balances all over there. And there's an incredible beauty and balance and harmony in nature. At the same time, there is kind of a brutal underside to it. That's what makes it what it is, which is that in nature, there's a lot of death. And there's a lot of killing of the weak. There's a lot of leaving the weak to die. You know, the herds of bison go across the prairie, and if there's a weak one that can't make it across the river in the snow, they'll at some point turn them back and let the wolves have it. And why do they do that? Because it's weak, and, and, and it needs to die for the good of the strength of the herd. This is how nature works. It's, it's a, it is in the nature of nature. And so I sat there looking around the lake saying to myself, okay, in many ways, I feel like God is here. But when I look at the way nature works, I say to myself, is this really the godly way? Is this what God wants for us? Is this how God wants us to live? Does God want us to live in a way where the strong leave the weak to die? Where those who have say, a disability or an illness, are pushed out of the group and left to freeze in the cold because we don't want them dragging down uh, our gene pool. Do we, does God want us to be in a world where, uh, you know, the males of the species have to smash each other's heads in and rip each other's bodies to part and so that that one and that one only gets to mate because he's the strongest? But the second he's weak, then the number two rips him apart. Is that really the godly way? Is that how we want to live? Is that God's will for us as humans? So there's a part of me that sees a serenity in nature, but there's a part of me that sees that sort of cold, heartless brutality that's necessary, but still brutal. And thinks to myself, how do I sync that with the Jesus that I see in the scriptures? Because the Jesus I see doesn't come up to the poor and say, and say, the poor, you're a burden on society, go away. He says, blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, not cursed are the meek because they're dragging us down. He sees people who are ill and he treats them as human beings, and he treats them with value and dignity, and he often even heals them. He doesn't sit there and say, we need to off them because they're weakening the gene pool. There's something very unnatural, very unecological uh, or unbiological about this idea that Jesus has about valuing the weak and blessing the weak and the dignity and value in the weak. There's something very counter to the evolutionary nature of biology to say that the measure of 
say, a city, like the prophets say, is how we take care of the widow and the orphan and the alien. This God who comes in and measures how great we are by how well we take care of the poorest and the weakest, that's the opposite of an evolutionary biology that says that they are a burden on the food supply and the gene pool. And so I sit there by the lake in nature and I think of this and I say, is it possible that what Jesus is trying to do is to show us not that evolution doesn't happen or isn't real. That's a bunch of fooey. We know that evolution happens. But that what his will for us is, is to rise above that. To rise above our instincts, our bullying instincts that say, pick on the weak one of the herd. And we do that. That's called middle school, right? There's the weak kid. There's the different kid. There's the sick kid. Let's pick on them and bully them. And we don't realize we're acting like animals when, when we do that. But in the animal world, it's very effective. The strong bison picks on the weak bison. The strong wolf picks on the weak wolf. The strong middle schooler picks on the weak middle schooler. It's an effective way that we've been sort of programmed to to keep those who are perceived as weak out of the mating pool. And I know we like to think that we're not like animals, but then sometimes we behave like animals. But is it maybe that what God is trying to show us, what Jesus is trying to show us, is a way that goes the opposite? The opposite of domination by the strong. The opposite of the winner takes all. Which in that case would be very unnatural. Right? That would be very unnatural. So do I find God in nature as I sit there on the mountain or out in the desert and I look around or sit there in the forest? Do I see God in nature? I certainly am open much more to experiencing God in nature. And I do certainly feel like there's God telling me a message that we need to stop destroying nature for us and for those around us. We need to rethink our relationship to nature. How can we live in harmony with it in a sustainable way and not just be destroying it? How can we not be the bullies of nature? I think of that. But I also think, yeah, I think we need to be different. And so here comes the next phase of my life. The phase of the city. Where have I found God just as much as nature? I find God in the middle of the city, or it could be in the suburbs, wherever you deal with sort of issues. I found in my own spirituality that I, I can experience God more when doing the work of the Beatitudes, the blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are the merciful, that when I'm doing things like what I used to do years ago uh, when I was a volunteer chaplain at the Gospel Rescue Mission. I'm convinced the Holy Spirit was so at work in that place. There were visions and dreams all the time. People were experiencing God. Lives were being changed. It was powerful stuff going on. And yet it was an incredibly unnatural place. 
in the middle of the city, you know, urban everywhere, social problems, crime, all those kind of things. And yet somehow, deep in the midst of it, in the heart of it, that's where God was. That's where the Holy Spirit moves. So, if someone says, I find God in nature, I'd say that's, one, that's a good place to meditate. But I'd hope you don't stay there. Because just like Moses found God on the mountain, God didn't want Moses to stay on the mountain. He sent him back to the city. To do what? To free slaves. That's political work. That's, that's dangerous work. That's dirty work. And if you read, read Exodus and all the plagues, it was really dirty work. And then he brings the people out of Egypt. And it's hard work. And again, it's hot and it's dirty and people are hungry. It's hard work. But yet, some of the most powerful experiences of God that are recorded in the Bible are Moses when he's in the wilderness with the people, hungry, that's where he often finds God the closest. So, if you want to say, where do I find God? I'd say, again, nature is a good place to clear yourself and listen to God. But God's probably going to tell you to go back to wherever in the world there are people on the fringes and the margins of society who are hurting and struggling. That's where God's likely to send us. And the other thing I am going to say is, you know, if it was not for the church, the community, the organized religion, I wouldn't have even been asking questions about God. I wouldn't have had the framework in my mind to sit by the lake in the woods and ask that question. All I would have seen is the lake in the woods. I wouldn't have found God in nature, I just would have found nature in nature. You have to have the organization, the institution, the community, the people, the structure. Because if you don't have that, you just have what's out there. You don't have that other voice that's in scriptures, that, that comes to us in prayer, that tells us that there's a different way. Without the church, you don't hear that other way. You don't get to experience it. And that's why I think there's something very powerful about that. So, as the fall comes, at least for those of us in Arizona, definitely get out in nature. I hope to do it a lot more. Uh, I hope to be able to spend some Saturdays hiking up and not just being stuck at home trying not to bake. Um, but think about the ways in which when you're on that mountain, what God might be wanting you to do in the midst of the world of the weak and the vulnerable and the people on the margins, and what God might be wanting you to do in your community, and that there, there is where you're going to find as much the presence of God and the ability to follow through on God's will and God's plan for your life. So, those are just kind of my thoughts on finding God in nature. I hope you found them helpful. Uh, give me a holler if you have other thoughts. And uh, I do hope to 
maybe organize some hikes when we can safely do COVID safely do that and all that stuff. So I hope you all have a great week. God bless.